you beat a boss and you see a coffin over on the edge of this waterfall and you go over by the coffin and it says press Y to get in coffin and you get in the coffin what? and a cutscene happens and you fall over the edge of the waterfall and you're all of a sudden in a new area. Wow. So this Dark Souls and Soulborn games and Elden Ring ex- especially, you have to have a completionist RPG mentality to find everything in it. Hello, and welcome to the bottom of the internet. Uh, This is another Dead Pixel. Um, I don't have anything planned for uh, what I would normally say here. Um, We're a podcast about video games, as you probably know. Um, So today here, we're going to be doing things a little bit differently. Uh, We actually have a guest, one of my good friends, uh, Devin. Um, I wanted to bring him on because he has had a chance to play uh, a, a really massive amount of Elden Ring. Um, so here today, I just wanted to do a deep dive. Um, also, as usual, here with me is my uh, good friend and co-host, Joe. Um, so Joe, would you say hi to everybody? How's it going, everyone? Yeah, so this is you know, ADP after hours. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly or, well, the Elden Ring exclusive, you know, or special. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, uh, Devin, would you uh, say hi uh, to the people out there? Sure. Hey, my name's Devin. Yeah, I've, uh, Nick makes it say that I don't have much of a life putting on a lot of, a lot amount of Elden Ring, but, you know, I've I played my fair share, so uh, I'm happy to be here. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to get right into it. I mean, like, um, like, I guess I'll talk about a little bit about what I've played and then Joe, you can kind of go on with a little bit of what you played, and then and then Devin, we're gonna just kind of let you like like run with it. So, I've actually gotten to get through about seventeen hours, um, but after hearing uh, you, Devin, and Josh talk about it the other night, I was kind of like, I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. Like, it's just like I'm. I mean, I'm, I've played some Souls games, but not really to completion. So I've just kind of run around. Uh, exploring, not really doing a whole lot of things that really get me a lot of experience points. Um, so I, I wanted to bring you on, but uh, I mean, I've, I've killed a few of the minor bosses. I think I killed, I don't even remember his name, but he's a boss that uh, sits out in front of one of the elder trees. Yeah. An Elden guardian. I yeah. Think, I think that's what they're called. Yeah. So I, I got one of those and then I got some of the minor bosses um, and I'm kind of just rolling around, just figuring it out. But, uh, so yeah, that's pretty much all that I've been able to do. Um, and, uh, Joe, I think has, has gotten a little bit further along. He's, um, he's played several hours, a few hours more, or at least maybe a few hours less than me, but done more important things, I think. Yeah. So I've been recently, uh, pouring some more time in. And then, uh, last night after the, we recorded the podcast, uh, I ended up playing a few extra hours, and next thing I know, it's like 3 a.m., and my kid's going to wake me up at like 4.30, and sure enough, he did. So I'm running on like an hour and a half of sleep, so it's been really good today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, totally worth it. Hey, I, I, we just lost you. Okay. Oh, really? I, I, Are you kidding? You're back now. 
I, OBS has been acting really funky with me, and I don't know why. It's like clockwork now. It's uh, <laughs> it just screws up. So like his his mute button will magically turn on, and it'll and he'll have to so, and it's backwards. So like I'll not be able to hear him. And if if he turns it off, it's it's messed up. But yeah, yeah. Well, all right. Anyways, uh, besides that, uh, I ended up uh, so. I played. I had to re-roll my character because I was not comfortable playing. Uh, I chose samurai in the beginning. Uh, the armor looked the best, so I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll roll with that. And I was having an okay time. Uh, I, what little I've played in the past was uh, I did a little bit of uh, you know, uh, Souls Three, Dark Souls Three, and then I did uh, Bloodborne. Uh, I did more Bloodborne. Got into kind of was getting in the rhythm of it, but I knew that I was gonna have to pour in a lot of time and effort, and I just couldn't afford to do that. Uh, so I had to bail on that. Uh, what I did with this is did the samurai for about uh, nine hours, roughly uh, eight, nine hours. Something I think it was like something like that. Ended up uh, realizing that it, I'm having a good time, but it's just taking me forever. And I just I can't afford to do that. Uh, so I had heard from some friends that uh, going mage uh, in, in Souls games have always generally been uh, a little more forgiving. So that's what I ended up doing as I rolled a an astrologer and i've put in about 11 hours into it so overall 20 hours into the game whereabouts and uh yeah last night i uh since i got to the point where i'm like i'm i'm done figuring this out for myself i'm gonna go ahead and look at some guides and uh i just made it way easier for myself i followed a there's a, a youtuber out there by eso and that dude does a really good step-by-step -step. like uh in your, if you're going to get some certain items he'll do all the waypoints like little dots on the way so you can it's almost paint by numbers he makes it real easy because to follow other guys will just be like okay just zip on over to the upper corner and do your thing and but he'll he'll actually mark do waypoints and mark on the way and show you extra uh you know uh spots to save and stuff like that so it's it's actually really helpful uh, i ended up killing a dragon last night that was just sleeping mind its own business uh it was up in the uh northeast side of the map and that one drops like yeah 75k uh runes and then if you use the pickled uh fowl's foot the golden one it gives you a 30 percent bonus so you're netting like 90 like 97 you know k of runes and so that power leveled me and then i decided to fight some bosses I got my. I've been getting my teeth kicked in for the for longest while against uh, Loretta because I was trying to get that. Um, she drops a really good uh, uh, bow or like a spell, and also around that same area is where you get the the Lazuli uh, Glint Stone Sword, which is in the the northwest side of the map, uh, all the way up there. And yeah, she's just kicking my teeth in the entire time. I finally beat her, and I was like, I was really satisfied by that actually. Uh, then I'm like, oh yeah, you know what? I might as well progress the actual story. Went to uh, get, went to fight Margaret, and I'm like, I just completely steamrolled. I'm like, oh wow, this is so much easier now. So yeah, that's about the gist of it. I've I've made it about that far in, and I'm currently just in that first castle, halfway through, uh, actually completing it. And that's where I stopped. Which dungeon is uh, Loretta in? Oh, uh, Loretta. Okay, so if you go to the map and you go all the way um, north, uh, like yeah, northwest. So it's where the you know where the giant is the giant blacksmith. Yeah. Oh, so uh, she's right beside Ronnie's right. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm sorry, I don't know. No, I don't know any of the okay. names of the places. Yeah. So yeah, I just ended up uh, just north of that where you have to you know you get rained on by like 
the the light spells. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's like the second floor or something like that, uh, up the stairwell. And yeah, around the round, the all the chairs surrounding the, the reflective pool. And she was just kicking the shit out of me. She's the one on was, horseback? I'm sorry, was that? Was she on horseback? Yeah, she was on horseback. Okay. Yeah, she's a that that is a, a really important area of the game. I mean, if you want to do a hundred percent completion, uh, that whole area and the area beyond it is where Ronnie's rise is, and Ronnie's the first witch that you come in contact with. Okay. That gives you the yeah. The, the, okay, that makes sense. It was the sisters. Uh, I, I I just entered that area and I said like three sisters or something like that. Exactly. And I was wondering if it had anything relation to do with the witch in the beginning. If you keep talking to the giant blacksmith, um in that area that you come into, you know, there's the false wall right there. And uh, yep. you break through that false wall and talk to the giant. The giant will give you some, a little bit of information about the area. And Ronnie's actually the witch that at the beginning of the game was sitting on the wall and gave you the summoning bill. Right. Okay. But I think she introduced herself as Rena at the beginning. Oh. Uh, that, that's a, that's a pretty important. And Ronnie probably has one of the best side quests of the entire game. Yeah, I remember you were, you were telling me that. So, like, let's go through like, kind of like your like the like the the gist of what you've experienced, and kind of like uh, like the hours and kind of different um, I don't know stuff that you think is like important to talk about. Sure. Um, yeah, I started off pretty. I, I had about ten days off of work before I started my new job, so I was able to dive in fully on um, Elden Ring right when it came out. Um, for first impressions, it's it's top five game for me um all my all my favorite games are all role-playing rpgs you mean like like top five all time yeah it's my top five wow okay um i those are just bulletized they're not you know in any order that's hard to do but um elden ring's definitely up there i went with the vanguard um initial setup um sword kind of balanced character with a shield but um dropped the shield within at least like you know, a 10 hours of gameplay, the, the shield and shields. Like if you've know, if you play never, you know, any Soulborn games, you know, the shields kind of, uh, um, useless. Yeah. And, like I kind of figured that fairly, well, probably after about like 10 hours, like you say, I was like, I just get destroyed whenever I hold it up and I'm not good enough to like parry with it. Yeah. So it's like just throw fire or dodge. <laughs> Yeah, and um, when I was doing the samurai. I was doing that unsheath skill, so I couldn't. I was doing two handed anyway, so the shield didn't matter for me when I was doing samurai as well. I I, I also looked up a a few guides just to direct my way. Um, I found the twin blade. The twin blade's a a very important um, early starting weapon. Has a good combination attack, and it's one of the better uh, weapons in the game. You can find it um pretty early on in the first area. And that, I was going to say, isn't also the twin blade, I, I thought it was a two-handed, there's two swords if you beat the first, um, the very first boss that you fight, um, the one that you're supposed to lose against, don't they drop like a two-handed or oh, two swords? Yeah, they, I, I think so. You could eventually go back to that area and defeat that boss. Uh, oh, nice. Okay. You'll eventually go back there in the game, or you can go back there in the game. Um, the twin blade's found in, I think, a, a catacomb area, but um, no, it's a it's a spear on with two sides. So, oh, okay. Yeah, it's just like a long staff with a spear on both ends. But um, I, I played with that for a while. Melee character is a lot more rewarding in Elden, Elden Ring than a, um, a spellcaster. I can see that. I could, I could totally see that. <laughs> yeah, uh, your, your spellcasters are going to be able to clear dungeons like, like that. Just um, the difference now that I'm playing a spellcaster, I'm playing an astrologer as well. And um, 
I'm able to clear Godric's castle, you know, in the first few or like first few tries. Uh, it's very easy to do knights and, you know, bigger enemies that generally like the death of melee characters harder than some of the bosses are very easy with spellcasters. Um, I, I love the open world aspect of the game and different than um, previous soul, uh, Soulborn games. You could, I had a lot of issue with um, Godric at the very beginning or Margit at the very beginning. And the cool thing about this game is if you have trouble with a character or with a boss, you just go to another area of the, the map and level up and progress there. I mean, right off the get go, you could go, you know, Lithuania, you could go up to, um, uh, Khalid, all the way up up northwest or yeah north uh, east of Khalid, just at the very beginning of the game. So there's there's a lot of exp- exploration and exploration is important. Like you were saying that you yeah. haven't progressed the story, really, but that that's a very important part of the game is exploring because there's a lot of areas that you'll want to go to further on in the game to right. progress a certain quest line. But since you've already been there, you could just fast travel there without spending, you know, <laughs> yeah. hours on horseback just trying to go across the world. Try, try to figure it out. Yeah, like I, like I, after a while, I was like, you know, this. There's just so much. I kind of just wanted to see how far I could go before the game would bounce me back. And you can go super far, like far north and far south, and the enemies are not really any tougher. Like they're kind of the same sort of level. Uh, and I was surprised by that. I was like, dang, I'm I'm far from like home but once i got down there and i had to fight one or two i was like oh these guys are i mean they're a little bit tougher or whatever but they're not so bad i can knock them out and uh yeah so i've I've collected a whole bunch of stuff and it it does help now that i'm like okay because now that i'm putting like i've got all this exploration done i'm able to to piece things together really quickly because it's like oh this is back from there so i can just warp and do it and and come back and you've already been, you said you went down to Nakastella City, right? Underground? Yeah. I did. Okay. And got bounced out real quick, but yeah. So, but yeah, that's a tougher area, but that's also an important area for some of the side quests. And I mean, that's a, for me in games, anytime underground areas or like dark areas, I, I, I'm not the biggest fan of them. I just, you know, I know it's an important part of the game, but for me, like my game style and everything is I'm ready to get out of that area. I'm ready to get back to the surface. Like, why is that just like some kind of a, like a video game claustrophobia or just, you don't find it interesting or what? No, it's, it's interesting. I just, I mean, there's probably a good, like 20 hours I spent underground during my first playthrough of, a uh, of Elden Ring, just because Ron- Ronnie's quest is very important underground. And there's some other, um, I spent a lot of time just exploring cause there's, obviously sections of underground that you could get to but i would just walk the whole map like where the how the heck do i get to this area and i had to eventually look up a guide and realize that it's as story progression certain things open up in elden ring like you said you could travel virtually all the way east you could travel wet all the way west and you could travel all the way south but the northern area is cut off for story progression, and then part of the underground area is cut off for story progression, which is I that, that's you could still spend you know 40, 50 hours down down south in the starting area, yeah. and I, I did the same thing on my second playthrough with Go, uh, Godric and Margit. I spent a lot of time expo- or fighting the the bosses I knew were fairly easy, um, 
and playing against them. And by the time I finally went to Margit, I just, you know, steamrolled him. It was, it was a very easy boss fight. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, it was, I was happy that I did it that way, actually, because I knew a lot of people had a hard time with, with that uh, particular boss. But uh, because I ended up pl uh, playing around in the world so much and my, what my open world habits are is like playing like uh, I play Far Cry. I've played most of them numbered Far Cry games. Uh, and I generally just unlock the map. That's always one of the first things I like to do. And so in this game, that's pretty much what I did was I just beelined it and just saw a bunch of neat things, but I'm like, holy hell, what is that? You know? And then I just ran by it, uh, because I'm like, I'm not stopping to look at the scenery because I'm just about to get murdered. Uh, and then I grabbed all as many of the fragments as I could just to expand it. Uh, and I was like, all right, this now I can, I got a better understanding of the scope of this game. And I'm like, this game's flipping huge. Uh, it's it's really impressive, and uh, there's a lot to this game that I like more than the other Souls games, and this is the first time I've actually felt like I would like to continue. Unfortunately, I probably won't because just I don't have that much time. Yeah, uh, it, it, it is it is massive, and like even from like the very beginning, whenever uh, you're in character creation, like the first time I was in there, I was like, dang, I want to play. I mean, maybe not all of them. Like the like the like the the uh, like the people in their underwear. I was kind of like, I don't know if I want to play that. But I guess that looks like a hardcore mode. But like the samurai, the 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 astrologer, uh, like one or one of the knights. You know, uh, I was like, dang, I would like to play. You know, all three of these or four or five of these. Um, and it, it's just like, I mean, it, to to it, there's just a lot of. It seems like there's a lot of like replay value. Uh, with this game because you can go so far in it and then every character seems to play pretty differently too and the starting characters aren't you know as important as you might think they are like the starting character selection is just selecting attribute or starting attributes you know the astrologers have like 18 or 18 faith 17 faith or i guess that's true yeah um i mean by the end of the game you know by the end of my first playthrough i was about a level 140 or so and my dexterity and intelligence and vitality were all above you know 40 50 okay so so it doesn't really matter like because you're going to mutate your character so far beyond what those piddly little differences are all the all the starting character does is basically give you like a maybe a you know five hour playtime jump start because i think you start okay. you start you don't start out as like a level one i think you start out as a certain level it was yeah. like eight or nine if i remember correctly so, uh and so it does it gives you a slight build towards what you want uh it gives you those uh, the equipment uh and some starting spells that would possibly help you out if you're wanting to aim for a style and so for example uh the astrologer came with uh that glintstone and I forget what the other one was that blade that the blade or whatever uh, the wide attack, uh, but I never used that one. I just used glintstone the entire time, uh, and then I ended up getting uh, uh, like for when I eventually got uh, the meteorite staff. I ended up getting the the rock sling because those two go in hand in hand. Uh, and when I fought Lazuli, uh, I finally got that bow uh, that spell, but I actually forgot to equip it. And then when I went to fight uh, Margaret, I just completely just never used it. And I just used uh, a rock sling the entire time. Yeah, Glintstone Pebble and um, the rock sling with the meteorite staff. Those are both, uh, you know, top tier, tier tier spells. Like you could find those very early on and um, 
Glintstone Pebble will just clear a whole dungeon for you, really. Wow. Uh, Glint, Glintstone Pebble, you'll find Nick uh, at that um, that vendor I was telling you about, oh, who's yeah. just northeast of that swamp, uh, right in the beginning. Or, uh, so yeah, if you find her underneath uh, after the pumpkin uh, head battle, uh, you can she'll sell oh. Glintstone without Sor- Sorceress Celine. Yeah. See, like you're saying that that's like right, pretty much in the opening area. I mean, I've kind of steered clear of the swamp for some reason. I've gone all around there, but I totally missed that like section. Yeah, the, it's right when right when you follow the path uh, when you go up to the camp, uh, head east uh, from from the first starting camp. Just you know, that's north. Then you hit it east when you hit the two giants towing the uh, cart. Uh, roughly around that area, uh, just north of them, there's uh, a ruins, and then just to the east of that, you'll see like um some uh, some grave uh, some grave markers or uh, mausoleums, you know. So, uh, if you went to the mausoleums, you've gone too far east. So you just you just go back to the ruins. There's a plant monster, uh, real easy to kill, or at least for me because I was able to kill it from a distance. Uh, and then you go right, you go down a little, you know, to, uh, to an empty room, and that's where the the pumpkin, um, uh, I don't know, pumpkin head warrior or whatever he's at. I've seen him also one of his kind on a bridge when I was roaming the world. So there, there's those out there. Uh, he wasn't terrible, terrible, um, but I was a little underleveled when I fought him, and I pretty much built like a glass cannon is how I ended up marking myself up. Uh, so at like level 41, I have uh, 40 int, I have 20 mind and 15 vigor. Oh. Uh, so <laughs> See, I, I invest heavily into vigor. I mean, I'm, I think I'm about 10 hours into my next playthrough, and you know every other upgrade or every other uh, maybe every three of my levels, I'm investing into vigor. Guys, that that some of the later bosses like General Radon, and um, you know even further north like uh, Melania, those bosses will absolutely wreck you with a single a single hit. Oh yeah, so and you really need that. You that need health. you need vigor. Um, I mean that's that's pretty important. Unless you're completely glass cannon and you could kill those bosses in, you know, two strikes while avoiding. But some of those, especially like the Lord of Blood, um, I forget his name. He was the very last boss that I fought, optional boss, before I <clears throat> started the game over. And he he releases like some some blood blood loss that, you know, erase your whole life. Uh, wow. Very instant or almost near instantly. Because like you'd have like so little if you don't go yeah. hard on vigor then that'll just it'll just drain you down if it hits you once with it yeah. or or is it like a is it like just a thing that you can't avoid um there's portions of it that you can't avoid um or very difficult to avoid i mean a lot of people go into that battle with um or what i started to go into the battle with was a like blood loss um alleviation it's those little um pebbles that that you you eat the pebbles it's an artifact or an item that you find and it alleviates blood loss um, but like if you have a high enough vigor, then you'll be able to survive that initial onslaught. And the same yeah. thing with Melenia. Melenia does a lot of blood loss and I fought her a good 20 times before I beat her. And when I did beat her, I died about five seconds after she did. And just luckily enough that she drops 420,000 runes. So it was just lucky. Dang. It was just lucky enough that the achievement came through her death fully happened before I died and I was able to respawn and go back and pick up all my runes. Well, nice. That, yeah, that's, su- that's uh, super lucky. So, uh, okay. I, my bad. I made the mistake. I, I called the, 
the one person on horseback. I think I just recently said they were Lasley. Lasley was the sword, the Glintstone sword that's in the same area, but it was uh, Loretta. Really? Uh, and yeah, yeah, I ended up getting... Uh, that's when I realized the way I spec my character. I'm like, ah, oh, dude, I need to put more in vigor, but it's going to take me forever to do this. And so that's why I just bashed my face into that battle. And eventually I pulled out a win. Uh, and my, uh, I, I only had my wolves at like, they were only plus one or whatever. So they, they kind of ate through really quickly. And I kept on, you know, this is, yeah, I kept on screwing up with my uh, rock sling because I, I try to keep enough distance. And then I'd end up hitting like the chairs that are surrounding that, that reflection pool or whatever. And so it would, my own spells would not make it to her completely. So yeah, it took me quite a while. And but what I did is I just made sure I ca I used up all my runes before the, because I'm like, this is going to be a, a hard battle cashed out all my runes leveled up as best as i could and then i just there's there's that spot right outside the door i'm like i just kept on running in and just be like all right let me let me just do this again so <laughs> yeah a mistake i made early on with my melee character was um trying to upgrade my weapon immediately once i had the smithing stones but okay. a, a good part about the or you know difficult part about those games is smithing stones you know you'll, you'll be able to find mines where you could you could find quite a bit of these and you could find ball bearings that you give to um, the two-headed merchant within a uh, rounds table. So you could actually buy smithing stones from there. But the bosses that get those smithing stones are sometimes incredibly difficult. So what I suggest is a melee character, you, you find a weapon that you want to use for the game. And you invest the smithing stones that you find into that weapon. So that's what I did. I upgraded my twin blade quite a bit at the beginning of um, my melee character. And I eventually found the Moonville, which is a katana. So, and immediately I was, the, the, the Moonville is such an insanely uh, powerful weapon. Like every few strikes, it, it, it inflicts blood loss. And then you'll just see like, you know, one eighth of the, the boss's health just disappear. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a really fantastic weapon. It's fun to use. And I invested, you know, all my upgrade attributes into that weapon. And so, then I, I, I started investing into intelligence because intelligence scaled on the Moonville. Yeah. So that's that's why I was okay. up to like 40. So, so, so how does like like weapon upgrading work? Because I thought that you could only put, you can only make a weapon like plus three. Is there like other, it, it just goes on? Yeah, there's um somber smith, there's smithing stones okay. for regular weapons that you'll find. Yeah. And smithing stones will take it all the way up to, Goodness, I, no, I, I think the the original one goes. Yes, your smithing stones will go all the way up to about like somber or smithing stone nine, and then you have a like an ancient dragon smithing stone, right? That maxes it out. But the weapon itself will be probably like plus twenty or so. Oh dang! Okay, but like I read, I read something at the beginning of the game that was like. You can only make certain things plus three. I could have sworn I read that. I, I'm mm -hmm. maybe I'm. I don't but, know, maybe I'm crazy. Uh, I, the original stone, the level one stone, will go up to three, and then when it's they goes by intervals of three. So then when you go from oh. four, five, and six on your uh, that's uh, stone level two, and so you can tell the levels of your stones based because it'll, it'll be in brackets at the end of it. So when you pick up a stone, and it'll say like, or even the runes, um, or like the uh, the items that you pop for to get runes, um. It'll say what number, what level they are. So you might pick one up, a single item, and it'll say four at the end, which means it's a, it's you know more valued because it's a higher level. Um, so that's that. I learned that when I tried, um, because I ended up trying to just 
level up the, the basic staff just because I just wanted to try to, you know, I was experimenting with it and I realized uh, that staff is the starter staff is garbage. And so that's why eventually I had, I had to just use. Uh, but when I found the meteorite staff, the the scaling on that one, you can't level that up at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, that one has an S tier scaling. And that's actually the scaling is almost more important than the uh, the level. Uh, and eventually when you do level up your weapons, uh, the scaling does increase because I, ha- I was able to level up the uh, Lazuli uh, Glintstone Sword. Uh, I leveled that up to, I think it started at a D um, uh, scaling, and then I got it up to a B. So Yeah, and uh, the the scaling attributes, so I feel like a lot of melee characters want to just throw every, th- every upgrade point they have into just strength, but... Um... The, like you said, the scaling is almost more important, or almost more important than anything else. Like you'll realize once you start upgrading, once you reach a certain level, like your right hand armament on the upgrade isn't going up anymore. So what you're investing in strength is really just physical defense attributes. You're not investing in, um, you know, actually killing the enemy. It's got a diminishing return. On yeah. It after a certain point, it, it, it almost seems that way. So I got up to about level forty on my my strength attributes just to be able to, you know, try out a new weapon. And um, I started investing everything just into that scaling, intelligence, dexterity um, for the Moonville. And I would also increase into my um, stamina as much as I could just because, I mean, as the game progresses, you're going to find better and better armor. And some of that armor is pretty heavy. And as a melee character, you never want to go into a heavy load. You always want to stay around a a medium load. Yeah. Yeah, never fat roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was fat rolling for a while, and uh, I mean, I didn't really find anything very hard. But I had a, like a, I started out with a, what do you call it, a short sword, and then I went to a, I wanted to, I, I wanted to try a broadsword, so I leveled my strength up enough for that, and then I was like, I think my roll is a little bit different. It seems kind of slow and doesn't go very far. And then like, I mean, like so like that only so that happens after you're seventy five percent. Uh, yeah. Max, I was like, dang, I thought it would be like, I don't know, um, Fallout or something where your encumbrances, you know, only activates whenever you hit that max number. But no, it's uh, it's it's a little bit more strict than that. Yeah, yeah, I, I ended up I ended up finding out the uh, like certain things like that. You, it's one of those things you find out the hard way, right? Because I played for about four hours before I realized you can run. Um, I always like I was dodging. I was I was always rolling forward, but I'm like, and then eventually I just held the button. And I'm like, oh, you do go a little bit faster. Okay, I felt really dumb. Yeah, and there, there I don't know. I I played the game for a while before I even found out you could get the summoning bill. You know, by going back to the church and picking up the summoning bill for ashes. Oh yeah. So I mean, there's some aspects to the game that you know. From software doesn't doesn't hold your hand, which I I really like about the company, and it's kind of a discovery as you go along. Um, you know, I talked one of my friends into playing the game, and he played for about four hours and then got a refund on it. Oh, dude! Because he at the beginning of the game he went out into the open area and kept trying to fight that guy. the tree knight sentinel. Oh, dude! I still can't beat that dude. I didn't beat I him beat last night. That was really good. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't beat him until I was a, a lot more leveled up. But immediately, what you know from like playing some some Soulborn games is there's some 
enemies that you don't challenge head on. You go around them, you know, you run by them. I mean, I, I essentially run by every dragon I come across right now in my second playthrough just because I'm 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 not high enough to to take them out. Yeah, I mean, like, like, like the thing I was gonna say earlier is that the game, um, is really cool because it allows such wildly different types of play. Like, like we've all, like we've all three, you know, played a good portion of the game and had totally different experiences and not just because of the kind of characters that we picked, but like the paths that we decided to go down and like, you know, choosing to explore this area more or that area more. Um, and then, and then like also the, you know, the, like, like you, you've got to, I mean, four hours, I guess if you know, I'm trying to think of a case where that would make sense. Um, I think it makes perfect sense actually, because it's one of those things that, I um I don't you know if you like this game or not right off the bat. I personally uh it's one of those things that I like these games but I just don't have the time for them and I don't have the I know I don't have the resolve for the dedication. Um yeah. I like I have I have a buddy who's played uh you know was it uh Demon Souls 3 and Dark and uh Bloodborne like the obscene amount of times uh and to the point where they've they've played through like 20 plus times carrying over their leveling up and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's, that's awesome. I, I just don't like if I, maybe if I was in high school again, or maybe if I was, you know, like I think if I had that extra free time and no, no responsibilities uh, that this would be totally my game. Uh, but that's because, and that's why I'm like, I under, I melee it's rewarding. But if you, if you don't know what game you're getting into, you will get your face kicked in and you're like, yeah, no, I'm out. Um, so I can't, I don't blame that dude for bouncing. I, uh, I don't blame him either. I mean, it, it comes down to like what type of gamer you are for, you know, a, um, a soulborn game is the gamer that what likes to be challenged, that likes to explore, you know, that doesn't like the Ubisoft, uh, crowding of the screens and, kind of handholding. I mean, like there's, there's definitely a place for those kind of games. Those, there's definitely like a really cool aspect of like, just like sitting down after a long day and playing a game that kind of just tells you sort of what to do. You can kind of just ride along a a casual game and that, that, but what's great about Elden Ring is Elden Ring incorporates like, since it's so big and since there's so many areas, um, so much stuff to do, it does have a casual aspect to it. Like if you want to burn an hour, you could just burn an hour riding horseback to a new area, yeah. you know, discovering some secrets. And I guarantee, I almost beat the game around eighty hours. I, I reached the final boss. I died to him about four times, and or I guess it was around level eighty. I reached the boss, died to him a few times, and um, I was like, okay, I'll go to another area. And all of a sudden, I discovered. Not one, not two, but four new areas that were just as big as like, um, you know, Khalid. They're just as big as some of the some of the larger portions of the map. Absolutely massive new areas that dungeons and actually bosses. Like if you if you notice and you start reading and listening to Godric, uh, not Godric, um, Gideon, the All Knowing within Roundtable, like he'll tell you about a whole bunch of shard bearers. But as you notice, you'll play, you only encounter a few of those shard bearers like Radon and um, and so on. And you have to search out those other shard bearers. They're not essential to the game's completion, but they're out there and there's certain areas you go to. I mean, like, 
you see, you beat a boss and you see a coffin over on the edge of this waterfall and you go over by the coffin and it says press Y to get in coffin and you get in the coffin what? and a cutscene happens and you fall over the edge of the waterfall and you're all of a sudden in a new area. Wow. So this Dark Souls and Soulborn games and Elden Ring ex- especially, you have to have a completionist RPG mentality to find everything in it. Like get on your get on your horseback, go around an area. Don't skip certain right turns or left turns just because you want to save some time. Like go around the whole area and look around, and I mean, you'll find some amazing stuff. Yeah, like it seems like it wants you to be thorough. There's there's some bosses or, that I would have never found if I wasn't if I didn't have to look for a guide. Like there's a certain dragon boss that requires a it's an achievement and. You have to like run to the edge of this cliff, look down, see a ledge, drop down to that ledge, jump over a whole bunch of things, get down here, and then lay down in a certain crater. Whoa. And another cutscene happens, and that dragon arrives. So there, there's a lot of things to the game that are hidden. Like from software could have easily like did a streamline approach to the narrative. Like they did all this work, they want you to experience all this work, but instead they, you know, it's that old nature of like, you know, Mario 64 where you hop on top of the the castle and all of a sudden you get Yoshi in a whole nother little area. Yeah. Like it's that whole essence of a secret to the game that you have to unlock. Yeah. Like it's, um, it's, uh, something that's not really done as, I don't know. It's not done as well. I don't think by, by anybody else because the, the thing that is so kind of captivating about it is that they like, they do it all through gameplay. They don't, they don't like, they don't like hint at certain things by, I mean, by like characters, like sort of spelling it out for you or anything like that. It's, it's like, Hey, there's this thing, and you could have missed it, and a lot of people did if they only played, if they only played like 50 hours of it, like if they only kind of cut through to the end. There's a lot that they like would miss, and that's true for a lot of games, but for some reason, it feels different with this one. I think. I mean, half your playing time in this game comes from like optional side quests and optional bosses. You could easily miss all that and just go straight through the 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 narrative um, of the of the game. But, I mean, there's a lot of important aspects. And some of the hardest bosses were the optional ones. Like, um, you know, Godric, um, Radon is a, is, a, is a required boss. General Radon, he rides around on a little pony. Okay. It, it's, it's, is it it's, funny or is it, it's, is it terrifying? It's, he has, like, some gravitational powers. Yeah. If, you, if you start reading into the lore a little bit, he kind of, like, holds the stars back. He protects the the earth. Like you'll see cutscenes where Melania, um, she's a woman with a knight's mask that covers her fit front, uh, the top half of her face. Oh yeah, and she fights against her Don, who's the guy with the giant red hair from the trailers. And um, they fight. He gets inflicted with like blood blood rot and starts losing his mind. And he has all these different powers, and he's an incredibly hard boss. Um, you can summon like ten NPCs to help you out with them. Whoa. But they'll all die. I guarantee. <laughs> Just get destroyed. <laughs> they'll all get destroyed. I was gonna... so I haven't looked. I haven't looked into it, but I know as I was looking up some just basic the um, 
uh, guides for myself uh, since, you know, like towards the end, since I'm like, yeah, I'm, I know I'm pretty much done with my time. But I kept on seeing popped up, like, apparently, according to uh, the titles of quite a few different YouTube videos, there's apparently a couple ways you can cheese him, I guess. So I'm kind of curious to see because I've I've heard him mentioned by other streamers about being this like really tough boss. And I've also heard it, his name's pronounced. Uh, people weren't sure exactly how to pronounce it. And then uh, I looked at it and I saw Rodan from like Godzilla. Mm. And so that's what I in my internally. That's like you're Rodan from now on because <laughs> I love Godzilla. And like I enjoy that name more than, you know, so I'm like you're Rodan. I, I guarantee I'm misspe- misspelling or mispronouncing probably like every one of these every one of these deities yeah. but i only For i only sure. understand it i don't much like watching like youtube videos or something i want to read it out on a list that's just how i how i learn okay I, I like to read versus uh um you know watching a video or something like that but yeah i found him incredibly difficult because i was a you know i had a little katana that i was going up to fight him with on my horseback so i had to get very close to initiate any type of uh damage on him and I you finally get him down to half health and like a giant meteor comes to the from the sky and just if you're not dodging or you're not riding on the back of your horse, boom, dead instantly. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's some incredibly difficult aspects to that. And um, you know, Melania was was really hard. But um I was gonna ask, who's your favorite boss to to fight? Like just you thought it was like the most I mean, maybe it was difficult or maybe it it wasn't, but you just thought it was like a really cool but, Rodan or Rodan, I'll I'll start saying it that way. He was a, <laughs> I, I think he was probably one of the better boss fights that I've I've ever had in a game. Oh wow! Just the way they they set it up, and you know you're not gonna learn about his entire backstory, but a lot of it makes sense. Like he rides on this little horse, which looks comic, but when you understand that he has like some gravitational powers uses gravitational magic you could understand how he could actually ride on a tiny little horse like that yeah it's in the lore kind yeah of. it's in the lore and um and he seems like his character has a little bit of you know character and valor to him the whole idea of like going to a festival that celebrates his death like you you go to this festival it's like the festival's about to start are you ready for the festival to start and you select yes and then all these npcs are out here getting ready to go out and try to fight general uh um, Rodan and um, he's probably my favorite um, just just because of the little cutscene entry and everything like that and there's there's other bosses that were um, there's a serpent a serpent king boss in the volcano manor that um, has a really cool sideline quest you could reach him two different ways you could either do a whole bunch of assassination missions for the manor or you could find the false wall and go down there yourself and cool. he, he was a pretty cool boss too and his lore is pretty pretty nifty wow yeah all right so i've heard a lot of people talk about this being uh there's it's kind of divisive some people are saying this is the most accessible uh you know souls game and other people are like no dude it's it's not um it, it's it's almost a, a it's like uh, it's like a switch and bait, you know, they like, we're, we're tricking you. You, you think it's this, uh, the most simple, but actually it's, you know, like, no, it, it, it's only simple because you can move around. But other than that, it's actually equally difficult, if not harder than the other games. I don't know what, I want to know what your opinion was on this one. So I'm actually going to have to go back and I, I really, now that I've played this and completed this game and had that satisfaction of completing a Soulsborne game, I want to go back and and play the other because I played every Dark Souls and Bloodborne on the PlayStation, 
but I haven't played Sekiro, right? Dude, yeah, you ought, is that what it's called? Sekiro, yeah. Sekiro. You ought to play Sekiro. <laughs> I haven't played that yet, but um, I know I can complete the game now. Um, I can complete a Soulsborne game. But I think it's more accessible than the other ones. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Because, like I said, if you make it all the way up to um, uh, Margit right at the very beginning, and all of a sudden you die instantly to Margit, you don't have to keep facing him to progress the game. You could turn around and go to Khalid. You could go go to um, South and clear um, Castle Morn, or you could do a whole bunch of other stuff. Like eventually, you'll have to go back to to him. But as you said, like a lot of people had a lot of trouble with him. But then you come back power leveled, and you could you know steamroll the guy. So I, I think it's more accessible in that way. Like, I, I guess I shouldn't be so quick to say it definitely is because I play, I mean, I played Demon Souls back when it came out a uh, long time ago and probably played about 30 hours of that. And then I missed all the other uh, Soulsborne games, but I did play Sekiro f- fairly recently. And I mean, Sekiro is brutal. Like Sekiro is the hardest game I've ever played that, didn't have I don't know like a easier difficulty it's it's really really tough and like I played about 10 hours of it and I didn't get very far at all I think I beat like one boss like one like minor boss um so I was like really afraid that this game was going to be kind of like that I figured it wouldn't be quite so hard but but early on I was really um passive and uh just defensive about everything that i would do um and it wasn't until probably like three or four hours in where i was like okay this game's not gonna just pop out and and kill me like 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 quickly so it's definitely it's definitely more accessible than sekiro but i don't know about the other dark souls games uh it it, i guess it maybe it is i don't know I think just the the option to go to you know different areas, the option to do just about anything um, that you want in the game makes it more accessible. But if you're if you're a gamer that you know plays Call of Duty, Search and Destroy, and you know occasionally plays Fortnite or PUBG or something like that, this might not be the game for you. Um, if you're a you know Mass Effect KOTOR fan or something like that, and you enjoy the narrative drive of a video game, then this also really isn't the game for you, because you have to search for the narrative within. Yeah. It's not something that you're gonna. At the end of the game, you could either know all about the story, or you will not know what the heck happened, except that you're sitting on the throne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, see, that's I had the hard time with that because I. I love a narrative driven game. Uh, I, it's hard for me to play something for, uh, like anything, any of the loot games. So Diablo, for example, Diablo three, uh, I played, I've played that one a handful of times and I always restarted every, like for a while I've, and I just can't get into it because the story just isn't there. Mm. Uh, I need something to propel me forward. Uh, and so that was one of the reasons why like, well, like, why does your dude want to be the Lord? Like, you know, he, like he wants to rule it all. Like, because I mean, you know, it's I don't know. It was that was really hard for me to get into that. But like, if I just ignore that and just try to murder for the murder's sake and just to get better, I'm like, OK. Uh, but, you know, like at least in the other games, I found that you had you once you got to a, 
once you got good, you know, at least you could have have fun with the fashion souls bit. And I'm like, the fashion souls here sucks. I'm like, I was not really impressed, at least uh, with what I ended up seeing. And that's why, like, when I played pick the samurai, I'm like, dude, the samurai armor is dope. I'm going to go with that. And then all the other armors and stuff like that, at least for, you know, maybe late game stuff is really cool. But the, a lot of the stuff I ended up seeing was just like, no, dude, this is all. Yeah, there you know? was like a solid 10 hours of gameplay where I was a fat soldier because it had the highest <laughs> stats on it. I was I was ugly looking too. Like there's a point where I actually had to change my mask because it was so ugly to look at. And I couldn't stand I couldn't I stand my character looking like that. I and he had, he had you know from from other games he had the fat soldier. It has the big pot belly on it. Yeah. But it has really high um stats on it. But some of the late game armor, you actually get General Rodon's armor at one point. So that's that's really cool armor. It has the the big hair plume coming out the back, and I really enjoyed that okay. one. And it it I've looks seen really the cool. Spirits run by like yeah. the, the shadows or whatever. I'm like I'm like how who the hell are you and where did you get that thing? You know? Joe just wants Elden Ring to be a dating sim. Yeah, it it looks really <laughs> badass. Like at the very end when you're when you have like General Rodon's you know armor on and it's the end cutscene. But um, yeah, I, you know all my other favorite games like. Um, Batman Arkham City, um, fall, uh, Fallout, um, and then you know Horizon uh, Zero Dawn, and shoot Knights of the Old Republic and Mass Effect Two. They're all narrative based games, so which kind of makes Elden Ring the odd man out, where it's not a narrative based game. You know, I, I like yeah. the I like the story. You know, some of the some of those stories, like Knights of the Old Republic, was just you know amazing mass effect 2 is one of the, the greatest games in my opinion just because of um kind of that storyline and the options but there's no doubt that dark souls the original dark souls was one of the most influential games of our time and yeah. you, you could you could kind of see that and i think elden ring will will do that as well you've seen a lot of um software developers um really complaining about the the rankings or like the reviews of elden ring um like how so Oh, like thinking it doesn't deserve such a high ranking and why their game didn't get it such a high ranking. Just like, recently, actually, um, speaking about Horizon, uh, one of the people from Horizon team uh, was complaining about uh, trying to did they did a tweet or something. They did a jab at um, Elden Ring's uh, side quest line. Uh, and I forget exactly how how it was phrased. Essentially, they were they're uh, they're shitting on it for one reason or another and saying it was like how it wasn't that like structured, but the criticism for the new horizon uh, for Ben West was that it's overly done. Like it's, uh, it's too much, uh, you know, as far as uh, narrative and handholding and stuff like that. So it was, I don't know. It's just, it seemed really weird. This dude just took a pot shot out of nowhere. Uh, so some of the people get jealous. Some of the Ubisoft developers have started, they've taken pot shots at Elden Ring as well. But I mean, a lot of these companies don't get what you know the general gaming population wants, and they target specific um, you know clientele. Like Fortnite went through the Fortnite phase; it targets a specific clientele that enjoys you know like one game that lasts you know twenty thirty minutes, and there's a developed winner at the end. But some of these you know Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I'll, I'll, I'll give I loved Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I loved Odyssey, but my epitome of side quest idea comes from the witcher three with 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 those side quests yeah yeah i mean yeah like 
I, I mean, it's it's so stupid to me to take pot shots at a game that is so so obviously it, it, a great game at the very least. It's it's a, like a great game. Um, I don't know what its Metacritic rating is right now. I imagine it's probably like like right at nine or closer to ten or something, but or or, or closer to a hundred or something. Um, but it's you know it, it's just a like, like people are t- talking about, I think Josh was saying that people are talking about this game maybe being the game of the generation or of, uh, uh, I think of, that was me that the, said that. Of the was, decade yeah. or something. And I think, I mean, it is, it is early on um, to declare that, but I mean, it would be pretty hard to imagine somebody coming along um, and doing something that much, like that much better um, with what we have, like, like I could see somebody making another Elden Ring game that was like as good, but I think that in order to beat it uh, in in a discussion, you would have to, you would have to go above and beyond, and I just like I don't know if that's really possible or likely. Well, I'm excited. Uh, well, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go on. <laughs> I was just gonna say I'm excited right. for this next decade because. Elden Ring did come out pretty early in the decade and we saw that Dark Souls came out, you know, 2011 and I think we could all agree like the last 10 years of video games have been have been very pretty good. So um I'm excited for the next, you know, the next decade. I'm hoping, you know, some of the software developers will see like the success that Elden Ring had, you know, the massive open world, the lack of uh microtransactions and uh, general stuff like that, and they'll, they'll they'll take heed of it, and we'll 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 get some great games out of it. Yeah, uh, the lack of microtransactions. I didn't even think about that. That's a huge blessing. I mean, if- so one of the things they did right, I think, was when you mentioned Ubisoft earlier. Was the um, I, I noticed it mid game was how they make the HUD of the you know they they make it slowly disappear. Only when you're in direct combat or if you tap Y to see like wh- where am I in my health and or like uh, how many potions do I got and stuff like that, you actually have to engage into that. Uh, but if not, if you just you know it'll just drift away and you'll have the full screen just you know access and it looks nice and clean. Uh, while a Ubisoft game like Far Cry or something like that will have a million and one indicators on there uh, and. I mean, I think gamers have been leaning towards that a little more recently. Uh, Rockstar did that with uh, Red Dead 2. Uh, and, you know, they they made the... If you chose to take away the uh, the HUD, then what would happen was uh, they characters would just start describing things better. They'd be like, instead, instead of following your map icon, like, you know, go to this location, they would say... Go, go follow this road and when you hit the big tree take a right and they actually would explain themselves a little bit better and, and a lot of people do that with horizon too is they take away just so they can enjoy the the view uh so i think they they did get a lot of things correct with uh elden rings but the thing is uh oh uh i'm gonna play devil's advocate in a bit and then just because i want to get your guys's take on some of this stuff okay uh but with the metacritic score of uh, 95 uh for the uh, PC, but the user score is uh, six point seven, uh, and <laughs> I saw seven point uh, nine on um, PlayStation. PS five, yeah, PS five yeah. has the uh, seven point nine for user, ninety six met on that one. Uh, PS four is uh, six point seven as well. So I mean, it's it is very subjective. Um, I'm going to say, in my opinion, the uh, to to 
it's a bold claim to say game of you know game of the decade uh i don't think it's anywhere near that uh i think it's very well done it's awesome but the reason why you know like people saying the praises of how they thought uh, Breath of the Wild was the most amazing thing ever. And I'm like, it's not that hot shit. But they're, you know, but it's like the Nintendo fanboys were like, we haven't seen anything like this on, from a from a Zelda game. No shit, you haven't seen it from a Zelda game because Zelda games are pretty mediocre. Uh, but you know, the, you finally they do something mouth. half decent, and everyone's like, it's on this pedestal. And I think it's because it's such a departure that it makes it that much stand out that much better. And I mean, 10 million sales just a couple days ago, they, they hit 10 million. They announced 10 million in sales. So obviously, this is the best selling Souls game of all time. I, I think that uh, the, I think the player score being like what it is, is because of all the hype, you know, of the game. I mean, like, I'm not really that much of a Soulsborne player. And I was, you know, wrapped up in like, I was like, I'm definitely going to get this game. Um, so I think there's a lot of people out there who are like, oh, this is like the hot game, right? And so they go and they get it. And then they're like, oh, this is just, uh, I don't understand. I don't, I can't. And then they rate it, you know, lower, um, which makes sense. But well, like, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think there is a little bit of misconception going into the game because I looked around when the game was first announced. I was like, is this going to be a Dark Souls game? Like, am I expecting something more RPG-driven? And I think there was a little bit of misconception going into it. And when I actually started the game, I was like, oh, snap, this is just like Dark Souls. This is just like Bloodborne. And there, there is that misconception. I think some gamers will get out there. They're like, this is the hot game right now. Everybody's talking about it. I want to try it out. And then they play it for an hour, and they instantly die to the first boss. They instantly they die destroy. five more times to the next boss. And they're like, why do I want to play this game? Yeah. There's a little bit of disconnect on the, and I, you know, just not to go on a tangent, but like Call of Duty went go through for that. Go This Call is of your Duty, platform on it. Go for it. <laughs> Call of Duty went through that phase, I'd say probably about like 10 years ago, like um, right before, you know, right, Modern Warfare 4 was pretty skill-based driven. So like you could log on and you could play Modern Warfare 4 and you might get creamed, and you might, if you're good, you're going to win. But you start to, like Advanced Warfare came around and all these other games, and they added stuff into the game that allowed bad players to be good. Added noob tubes that would destroy you. They added um, easy-to-attain score streaks, and they changed it from kill streaks to score streaks so you could attain it without actually you know, getting the amount of kills. So it made the game more accessible to other players. And I, I think that's um, something some players look for. They look for that accessibility, and they like to be able to progress in the story without actually putting in the work for it. But um, From Software makes you um, put in the work for the game. Yeah, I think there's there's room you know, for there, – there really probably isn't that much room for FromSoft-type games. Like I think that these games, in order to be – like in order to be as good as they are, they have to be difficult, but also in order to be as difficult as they are, they have to be really, really well balanced. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can even imagine how many people they had playtesting this thing and playtesting it like, like later on and just like on with different builds and all this different stuff. I mean, it's taken a, it's taken them what about four years to make this game, which is 
a little bit longer, I guess. I think a three-year period is what we would expect for 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 most games. But like, I can't even imagine how difficult it was to make this game uh, kind of thread the needle of difficulty and you know quality. It's it's astounding to me. Okay, um, now here's here's me playing devil's advocate. Uh, you're saying it's well, like the people testing it to make it well balanced. I'm saying it's not well balanced. Uh, it's the fact is, uh, you, you know, you mess it, you mess up, you make it a little, you make it more difficult than need be, and you just leave that that level, you know, like well balanced. It means that the average person wouldn't be ripping out their, you know, like teeth in order to try to like to chew through to this, you know, like they this is meant for that you know this has that ego of this is for hardcore gamers and therefore uh if if you're not willing to be hardcore enough this isn't for you and so go back to your baby games i'm like no this is this game is broken um i mean it's it's meant to be uh really brutal and if you're masochistic then yeah you go in for the pain and but you it does have that great reward at the end you you feel you feel achieved because you know you you fucking did something that was really tough. So so you, like you're saying that like it's, I mean it's it, not well balanced. It's it's too it's too difficult and it kind of tricks you into thinking that it's better than it is because it's it's more difficult than really it it needs to be. You I mean, get the same high from from doing a Mario Maker level that someone did some bunch of bullshit to, and you're like, "Yeah, I did it because I, know I, I you know." We're playing Cuphead or something, a game like that that's yeah. notoriously hard. But yeah, I understand. I understand your point. Um, so for me, the whole like playing video games was a way to to pass time to you know something that I enjoyed doing during my downtime. It would you know make the hours go by. Like right before Elden Ring came out, I put in a ungodly amount of time on a civilization six because it had that level of success for everything you did. You built a new building, you had a feeling of success and Elden ring has that feeling of success for every boss that you defeat. I mean, other games you beat a boss or you beat a level and it's just like, okay, the story's progressed. There was nothing to that, but Elden ring, you all of a sudden unclench your butt you, you know, take a deep <laughs> breath. You have a little bit of sweat dripping your down and you're like, Oh stop my. sweating. Your palms finally. stop sweating. You're like, finally I beat them. And that See, that that's exciting, but I I think the point Nick was trying to make like it's balanced in terms of like the not difficulty level, but like the the mechanics of the game, right? So I was listening to a podcast um, a, a while ago, and they were talking about Sekiro, and this is prior to me playing it. And uh, one of the people on there, like they were all talking about how difficult it was. Uh, one of them was having a pretty easy time because he's really good at parrying. And another one was doing pretty good, but still was really hard. But like the third person on there, uh, she was like, I don't know if I can do this. She's like, I don't know if I'm, if I'm physically good enough at games to be able to beat this. And I thought it was like, really, I was like, that's a stupid thing to say. Of course, of course you could like, you've played other games and you know, you could get through it eventually. But but like once I started to play it, I was like, I mean, I know I could, I could beat this, but there is that, but the, like more than, more than any other game I've ever played with Sekiro, it was like, like maybe, maybe I can't like, maybe I physically can't do this. And I, I think that, so like that to me is too far. 
Like that was just Sekiro is just too far to me. It's still a great game. People people love it, and I I mean, and I did get satisfaction out of it. I think this pulls that back. I think this is. I think I said it on the podcast. I think yesterday, Joe. So sorry, but I think this is from Soft going. Okay, you know, Sekiro was was a bridge too far. It was too hard, and we're pulling it back now. And it's because because it, it to me to me it's easier. But then again, I haven't. I don't know. I don't. I don't have much room to talk because I haven't really bumped up against uh, very many of the bosses yet. I know Josh so, had Josh had mentioned like talking to him. He had mentioned like some of the are, these bosses aren't that hard. You know, he's a Dark Souls completionist and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, he's a connoisseur though. Like, yeah, he's, he's a connoisseur of Dark Souls. And I was like, just there, there's some there's some bosses in there you're gonna you're gonna struggle with a little bit. Like, just give it some time. So I think there's an aspect of of Elden Ring that encompasses it all. Yeah. All right, see, uh, I was going to say, if you're looking for uh, like a more so what I'd call well-balanced game, I would honestly say when it comes to fighting bosses or things of this nature, um, the Monster Hunter world was actually uh, a, a way better example because in that game, uh, it there's a lot of similar, if you think about it, there's a lot of similar crossovers between how the combat system uh, as far as parrying, blocking, rolling, uh, you know, they, they encompass a lot of that, but it is a lot more uh, accessible. It's still really hard for people who aren't familiar with it. Uh, but like, so but someone who cold, comes from the Souls games, they're like, yeah, this, is, this isn't this is a problem. I mean, obviously <laughs> yeah. not, but you're also used to much, um, I mean, you're, you're used to that, you know, level. But for the average person, uh, that is still challenge, but more people can easily get access, you know, accessible into it. And then they end up having just as good of a time taking out, uh, that high level monster, or then you'll come, you'll come up to the next thing. It'll murder your face. And then you're like, okay, now I have to prepare. Uh, and, but that in case it's, it's a, a loot grind, which uh, I don't find as uh, satisfying. Uh, this is, you know, but this is some, something similar though. You're like, well, I, I might have to find a new spell. I might have to find a new weapon and also just level up either, you know, myself or the weapon. And then, you know, but also it's, you can do a lot of it so long as you memorize the the um, the patterns. But same with Monster Hunter, so long as you mem- memorize those patterns, you know what's what's coming. So I think that as as a whole, that's why it's it's hard for me to swallow the, uh, you know, this game being as uh, I, I'll do this with almost any game that every anyone puts up on a pedestal. Uh, like I'll 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 play Tear that down. advocate. You know. Fuck that game. Yeah, I'll have to, <laughs> dude. I mean, let's say Breath of the Wild. It, it wasn't it wasn't that good Joe I mean, it was, hates it, breath of the yeah. wild so i bought a nintendo switch for the explicit pur- pur- purpose of playing breath of the wild and i will not lie i played maybe a few hours of breath of the wild and i was like i don't see what the hype is but i have that sickness where i had to complete the game and i did all the dungeons and i did all the uh, the only thing i didn't pick pick up was all the poop so to do that game is fucking trash to joe's credit he did play a shitload of that game kind of kind of hate played it to prove that it's not like, or at least to show himself that I was trying to find out what the hype was. I really wanted to find out what made it so great. Um, the sandbox, the, the part that I can really find is the, the, the sandbox nature when you want to just mess around and the people using, you know, the, uh, the gravity and stuff like that and being able to float, send themselves jettisoning into space essentially. And like across the map, that stuff was really cool. But a lot of the other stuff really wasn't, and but people still sing the praises about that game. And um, like I said, I do find I do like in the end, the end of the day, 
Elden Ring is a phenomenal game. It's it's rock solid. It is the most approachable one for me uh, that I've I've come across, um, and I I do think it is the easiest one to pick up. Uh, pick up I time. yeah. So I mean, but the the thing is with Souls games, uh, those who are fans of Souls games, not saying all of them, but I found a lot of them have that end up having a little more elitist mentality and they're also the same people who are like there shouldn't be an easy or normal or easy difficulty setting it has to only stay with the one difficulty and this is where i I will say you you can play it they can have their recommended difficulty this is this is the way the the uh, developers intended it to be played you can have it set up easier or have certain um accessibility options like hey there is a guided path or there is a few more easier descriptions and stuff. You don't have to be so uh, totalitarian on this one because, you know, other people might want to enjoy the world, the art style to see what it's all about instead of, and they, but they want to see it firsthand. They don't want to just watch some YouTuber play through everything. They would like to experience that themselves and be like, Oh crap, that is a scary dude. Um, granted at the end of the day, you can argue that because they played it on easy, uh, that the the final boss or Rodan wasn't uh, as you know as terrifying as he should have been, but for them who, for example, the people who go up to Monster Hunter, you know, for them who who don't play these games, they're like, that was still a great experience for them. I mean, because feelings are it's like it's relative. You know, if if you have a harder life, something small, uh, something may not bother you, but if you have a really cherry life. Some, um, that small thing might fucking devastate you. See, I know that with my kid, and his, if he's you, t- you know, his toy breaks, he'll fucking. It's like his dog. Like if it's like if your dog died or something like that, he's like, Mew. and I'm like, you're like, just dude, it's it's nothing. But you gotta realize from their point of view, that is their world. Yeah. You know, like like I would agree with you. I think about like the about the difficulty stuff. If there were like a wave of games that came out and tried to do that, but I really don't think there's like like pretty much every other game has, you know, hard modes, medium modes, easy modes. And I I think that's like the way 99% of games should be. And I think there's room for like one type of game, like the FromSoft game to be, all right, this is what we do. Inaccessible. Yeah. But I would argue that a game like Elden Ring does have a difficulty. Like, like, like I, I would argue it does have a, a, a difficulty level like if you like i said if you get stuck on a boss that's too hard or you can kind of level up you could level stuff. up and go back and play that boss again later on where it's essentially like a, a difficulty lower you know so for example yeah. when i face melania I, I i see myself as you know like the hard or legendary level when i faced her the first time i went and leveled up a few more times, beat a few more optional bosses, um, came back and played her again, and I felt like the difficulty level dropped a little bit, and so on. Like, the more you could power level, there's no limit. I, I guess your limit is 99 attribute points for, yeah. you know, each attribute. So, like, if you want to get down to the lower difficulty, put in the put in the work for it. But it's, it's not a game that's going to, you're going to be able to to go through and get all the aspects of, very easily yeah and that's a good point yeah this this was a this this one um, this one amongst the others is you're right about the level uh you know but this follows the suit with um you know the old jrpg or crpg uh mentalities where you could you could just grind your way to victory um yeah. but then 
does that not take away the the joy of the game where you're like hot here i am just killing low mobs in order to you know like i know if i run through this dungeon i like i did that a few times in the early one of the very first caves or whatever there's the um, the gargoyles mm-hmm. uh it was the one with the boss with the, the cat statue yeah and yeah so i i realized if i ran through and murdered all the all the gargoyles i gained about a hundred uh experience or runes and so i was i literally farmed out and gained two levels that way early on uh so that's you know i'm like yeah this isn't fun i mean this is mandatory homework yeah uh you know yeah i mean it, 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 it old RPGs depends. come out now and they have a fast forward option or are they trying to you know because it's like respecting your time and the challenge of the game. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there was an aspect of that towards the end of the game where it was a, it felt a little bit like homework, and that was just because I was trying to. It's not very forward in the game to get all the alternate endings because there's about four alternate endings to. Oh wow! Okay. I, there might be like more than more than four, but I know there's at least three, four that you get achievements for. So okay. I managed to stumble upon one of them accidentally. And um, it's not a game you're going to get 100% on the first try. You're going to have to play it through yeah. three times. <laughs> That'd be pretty hard to get 100% and, on the um, first try. You know, I, I managed to stumble across, and I was trying to complete Ronnie's quest line, and that felt a little bit like homework, um, completing that homework after the fact, was it was just like, all right, go to this area. I'm searching around this underground area. I just want to get through this. I just want to go to bed tonight and stuff like that. But it was always like, get to that next point. But, I mean, if you're... Now that I've started it again, that quest line is spanned out across the whole game, and it's not all conjumbled up. And I, I, I kind of see the the merit there. Okay, yeah, I mean, like it just depends on your tolerance level, and I mean by the like the by the audience score or the user score. Yeah, a lot of people just are not, you know, they think it's all right, but but a lot of people are are not, you know okay with the way that it is laid out but yeah anyway so i think i think that's kind of uh it's kind of a we've hit on pretty much every aspect every major aspect of elden ring uh for the time being um do you guys have any final thoughts all right i'll i'll hit this off uh so i do think the game is actually a really good game um you know it's not for everyone, uh, as you mentioned before, uh, Devin. That you know, it's it doesn't have uh, the narrative laid out for you. So if you're if you want something like that to you know have more of a drive, uh, then it, you know that's that, that isn't uh, it's not there. You'll have to go hunting for it yourself. You'll have to read all the descriptions. And for me, I, I'm just I don't have the time, and I don't care to read everything. Uh, so I'm like, I, I read a few of those items. I'm like, that's kind of cool. I'm not going to care about the rest of this. Uh, so, you know, that's that's a knock. That's my personal knock against it is when you have to do lore videos uh, to get the, the bulk of the stuff. I'm like it. Uh, that's where I find it's missing. Uh, I do think, though, that generally this is a game that everyone should. If you're ever wondering what these games are like, this is probably the best one to pick up. Uh, and if you're if you're like I said, if you're tepid, you're like, I'm not sure. Do watch a tutorial video. I kind of wish I did beforehand. Uh, I was a stubborn. I'm a stubborn gamer, and I was just like, I was. I went into it, you know, like, all right. I know the. I know the bare bones basics of these things. Let me go ahead and shut. You know, bang my head against this. Uh, but if I watched a simple video or two, it would have made my life a whole lot easier. And like, I think that is the easy mode, or that is the you know easier difficulty setting. You do look. Do a little yeah. home. Do a little visual homework. Make your life easier. Save yourself time. Because. Uh, 
time is more more precious than anything. All right. Um, yeah, I, I I think it's a beautiful game. I mean, um, it's one of the only games I've ever actually taken screenshots on my my Xbox with you know certain areas of the game just have a have an amazing. They, it's very well put together. It's beautiful in yeah. places. There's just like some some of the vistas, like, like the clouds that they have going on, or the the trees, the, the landscapes, the the background. I think I mentioned that yesterday in the podcast, and I think that's yeah. why I like. That's one of the things is this game is so much more enjoyable to me than the other uh, Souls games because like the architecture was amazing in those games, uh, and that has that gothic aesthetic. But it was just it was just like gears of war after a while it just becomes all one shade and it's all kind of bland yeah. uh and so that's why this game uh yeah, this... i really gave it props for that yeah, yeah. it's really pretty and besides that i mean it's a beautiful game I, I feel like it's a accomplishment to complete it and i i really enjoyed that i do think it's it is the game to beat moving forward at least for this year and yeah. i know that it, it it will be an impact on future development of rpgs um, me personally, I, I love the lore. I love the, you know, diving into it. Um, my first playthrough, when you start a game like this, the names kind of run together. Like you immediately, like yeah. in your entry video, they mention all the shard bearers. They mention Radon. They mention Godric. They mention the guy that you meet in the round table hold. They mention Gideon, all knowing, and Fia, the mother of death or the companion of death. And you don't know who the heck those people are. You're just reading, you're just like, this is the entry video. I'm forgetting every one of these names. It's like being introduced to a new group of friends. You're going to forget all their names in just a few minutes. Yeah. But my second playthrough, I just had, I, I had just put 80 hours or near a hundred hours into a, the first playthrough. So I've heard these names multiple times. I could put a face to the name and the second playthrough, I'm really starting to capture a lot more of that lore. So it it's there. It just takes some time to absorb. Yeah. Question for you real quick. Um, so since you played through the entire game, uh, what the hell do you think uh, George R. R. Martin did for this thing? Uh, because honestly, I, oh, I yeah, haven't I felt, I haven't gotten any feel from it being like, oh, this is totally his touch on this because the rest of it just feels, you know, it, I don't know, was, you know, I don't know. What do you think he uh, attributed to it? I'm, I've read that he was a little bit limited by the developers on his contributions to the game. I think yeah. the main aspect, and it's from a joking um, perspective, is J-R-M are the letters of most of the main characters in the game. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, Radon, uh, Godric, um, uh, Margit, Melania. Uh, oh, G-R-M. Okay, yeah. G-R-M. Yeah. George R. Martin's initials. So, yeah, I mean... I'm not sure what he really contributed. This still had the same. I heard, I heard from someone else saying the same thing, saying like, "Yeah, it's the naming conventions. It's just they all sound relatively similar, like like those period piece names where the family will have the same. It's that uh, Boromir for you know, like you know, like Lord of the Rings. You know, their names are all somewhat similar. So that's what I heard is a joke. Uh, so I didn't hear about the the correlation that their initials are. Some either JR or M. I saw it on a meme today. I follow the the Reddit sub page for uh, Elden Ring, and I saw that one on there, and I was like, "Oh, that that makes sense." He's... I don't I don't think he contributed a whole lot. I think uh, I think the main thing it does is we're a generation of um, nerds that watched uh, you know his TV show and um, yeah, it, it's definitely. I mean, I'm gonna say definitely, but but to me, it seems like 
like a a selling point. Yeah, like it's just a, a thing on the on the front of the box or the back of the box to get people to buy it. So I, I kind of doubt he really had too much to do with it. But I would be curious to know exactly how much. I think that'd be interesting if we could find that out. Yeah, I think it, it helps to put the name on the box. Like, you know, I know a complaint for previous Elden Ring games was the or Elden or not Elden Ring, uh, Dark Souls games was the lack of uh, story driven. So I think that was a selling point. Like, hey, we brought in George R. R. Martin to uh, to build out our story. And, We're gonna give you a story this time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all it's all there. It's a it's a beautiful game. I, I suggest playing. And like you said, I do suggest you know reading a little bit before the game. Like, there's tons of online guides, like things you should know starting out in Elden Ring. Thing like, yeah, you know, you so you don't waste the first five hours of the game trying to kill the front boss and die every time to him and uh, not knowing you could just simply walk around the dude. Yeah. Yeah. I know I'm going to be play, play, playing this game probably for the rest of the year. Cause I'm not going to have enough time to devote to it to like reach the hundred hour, you know, Mark like you did uh, so quickly, but I'm looking forward to it. I think it's, I think it's a spectacular game and uh, it's uh it's definitely an accomplishment. Um, but you know, like we'll see. Hopefully, something else will great will come out this year too. Oh wait, one last thing, guys. What did you name your characters? I mean, do you have a a, a go to name whenever you name a uh, character in game? Because my 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 first one was always my samurai was just the same thing. I name all my characters, but like so that was it's always Simon Maxwell is a character that I just a name that I stuck around with since high school. Uh, but then my second one. Uh, since I'm like, I'm like, he's just going to be not Gandalf. So that, that is him. He's just not Gandalf. First name, not last name Gandalf. (laughs) Yes, exactly. How about you? Um, mine is, I go pretty similar on every, every RPG. I'm always going to do the same name and that's Venom. Um, Oh yeah. My gamer tags, Darth Venom. Venom is my favorite, you know, Marvel character. So every one of my characters is going to be Venom to some degree. I went with, uh, uh, I think it was, Erstool, uh, just like a, I don't know, some kind of name like that. Uh, and then I, I don't even really remember it because like you never, I haven't seen the name again, um, or actually looked for the name again. It doesn't really, it pop doesn't up. really matter. Yeah, <laughs> but it's... anyway, I was like Erstool the, I forget, like Erstool the Brave or something like that. I don't know. But yeah. My second character was Carnage. I like to do a kind of a theme. So Venom <laughs> Carnage and, you know, if I make another one and so on. Yeah. I will say that for me, it's more fun to start with a fresh character instead of doing the the rollover with your previous character. The new game plus. Because I I started the new game plus and I was just running through it so fast because my character was so over leveled. So like I was able to kill, you know, Godric. I could basically just run through the whole game in probably like 20 hours with my my character. But I didn't want to do that. It's kind of takes away that the fun aspect that is what made Elden Ring so great for me. Yeah, it's kind of a reward for like, hey, you you already did all this and now you can go through it and just see it at your at whatever pace you want. Yeah. You know, that I guess it's kind of just for that. But yeah, anyway, so uh I think that is gonna do it for us here. Uh thank you for um for watching. Uh, Devin, thanks for coming and sharing your breadth of knowledge uh <laughs> about this. Um Whenever I heard how much you had played of it, I was like, dang, I got to get him on the podcast because, uh, I mean, like, can't waste that. But, yeah, 
Um, anyway, so uh, thank you guys, and uh, we'll catch you next time. All right, bye. Thanks. Take it easy.